Listeners, what's happening? This is me, Brantley Osborne, the Checkup Podcast here with my man. Naeem Muhammad, yo. And today, you know, us, us in the basketball community have been blessed on Sundays to, to get these mm-hmm. recording documentaries. These things have been amazing. Yep. We've seen eight episodes so far. We're recording here on a Monday. Just watched episodes seven and eight yesterday. Man, them things were awesome. So uh, we're going to speak on it a little bit. Yeah, plenty to talk to about on the Jordan doc. Um, like we said, man, I think this is the greatest thing we that I've watched as a documentary and just talking about how Jordan just has transcended the game and mm-hmm. the way that athletes are even marketed. So I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's check up. Boo. Let's do it. All right, so the way we're going to start this one off is we're just going to go and play a clip from uh, episode eight, you know, when when Jordan is talking about uh, whether, you know, he was a nice guy to his teammates or not or, or whatever, and just kind of addressing that situation, you know, he got a little, a little emotional. So before we speak on, I'm just going to roll a film here. We got about 30 second clip. When people see this, they're going to say, well, he wasn't really a nice guy. He may have been a tyrant. Oh, well, that's you. Because you never wanted anything. I wanted to win, but I wanted them to win and be a part of that as well. I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. Mm. Deep stuff right there. Yeah, that is, man. You know, you see... You see, man, Michael Jordan on there getting emotional, and he's how old is Mike now? Fifty-seven or something? Yeah, somewhere in those fifties. So you know, you see him like still speaking on it to this day, and how emotional and get and worked up he gets about it, man. Just first mm-hmm. thing I think about is, man, this guy is like the most competitive athlete that that I can think of, right, or that I know about, um, in, in my opinion. You know, for sure, for sure, like. It's just like you like you can hear the passion in his voice. You know what I mean? Like I saw uh, Sten tweet like he tweeted the clip and he was like, "Man, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for Jordan right now." Yeah. And I think when you was watching it, you kind of got that feeling like I'm trying to hoop, like I'm trying to get out there, I'm trying to bust my butt. Right. You know what I mean? Like he just brung that out to us in that clip. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, and, and another thing I think about really, you know, and as he's getting emotional, you know, I think I my my personal opinion, you know, I I'm I think he probably has some I, the regret is not the word, but like he didn't necessarily want to be that guy all the time, you know. I mean, you see clips of him interacting with his teammates. He likes to laugh and joke and have a good time. Like that's definitely who he is, but. He felt like that's what it was and that's who you had to be to win, or at least that's who he had to be to win. And and we know being in sports that whoever that whoever that top dog is, that alpha male on that team is, that's the personality that the entire group takes on. So he was he was instilling that in everybody, and that's what he was trying to do. That was the culture he was trying to create because bottom line to him, this is how I know how to win and, and I'm gonna bring it for all of us. Yeah, completely agree. Um, it's like you said, like the regret thing, like he definitely probably didn't like I heard I saw him a quote too when he was doing his press run about this, how he felt like the document the documentary might bring out some negative things about him, mm-hmm. just portray him in a certain light. And so what to the point that you were saying, like 
he probably just wanted to be that joking guy, but just like you to order to, to win, to be the best, you know, you kind of have to just be a dog, you know, be tough love type of guy. And I think about what coach Namlik used to say um, about like the captain and being the leader on the basketball team. Like sometimes some days, like people are not going to like you all the time. You know, it's just part of it. And, of course, there's ways to go around it and everybody handles that that spotlight and that leadership role a little different. But yeah. I think it's common in being a leader or the top dog in the room. You know, you got to make some tough decisions. You got to act a certain way. And to your to your point, man, like it definitely uh, spreads to the rest of the locker room. Yeah, for sure, man. And then you even, you know, think about the era of the NBA he grew up in. It was kind of that rough and tough style, man, when he couldn't break through the Pistons, they were beating the hell out of him. And like he kind of, you know, developed this this personality over time. And, you know, I'm sure he learned from some of those Pistons teams. I mean, absolutely, obviously, and, and, and other teams in the league. And, you know, that was that was kind of the world. And that's how he figured out how to win. And uh, winning was definitely more important than anybody's feelings to Michael Jordan. So he, right. he was going to do it, you know? Exactly. And I think, like, when his teammates look back, like, they're not mad at him for being – I haven't seen that one teammate holding a grudge with him for being like that, you know? Right. Right. They all are appreciative. They say that that's what it took. You know, in the moment, we might not realize that type of stuff. But, yeah. I mean, when you're winning rings, I think that winning cures everything. Winning <laughs> cures everything. That's that's a fact. And, and also, man, too, it's like, you know, I've been in locker rooms where I'm a leader – and I've been in locker rooms where, you know, I'm a follower. And as a follower, you know, the only thing that really mattered to me from like the leadership position was like if it felt real and it felt genuine. Everybody's mm-hmm. different. Everybody got their own way of getting there. Um, you got your more positive guys and then you got your guys like Mike. That's a little bit more like, you know, coming at you and challenging you. Um, right. And I think for me as a player and just a person in general, uh, if it's genuine, if it feels genuine, if it feels real, like, oh, this is really Michael Jordan and, you know, it is what it is, right? Like you can you can adapt to it and you can adjust to it. But if the moment that kind of feels fake or forced, it's like you, try, you start to question it a little bit, right? And, and Michael Jordan definitely wasn't fake. Nobody was questioning that in those locker rooms. That was real. No, nah, for sure. And, you know, my own experience with you as my captain – I think about how like you kind of would address guys and stuff like that. Like I think you demanded a certain amount of respect for the game, respect for the culture of Shepherd basketball. And, you know, I think guys who were on our team and in our locker room, I mean, they all responded to it, you know, and there was times you might've had to bark at somebody to get them in line. But I mean, we had one of the best years in Shepherd history. And I think that was a direct reflection of everything you're saying, like the leadership and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. Yep. Um, another thing that stuck out to me in the the more current episode was talking about uh how, being a genuine person. I think Jordan genuinely didn't think nobody could stick with him. Like, oh yeah, you know, like I mean, he, he said it too to Magic in an episode before or last weekend, talking about uh, him going against Clyde. Like, nothing against Clyde being a good player, but Jordan just said, "I mean, I'm better." And yeah. Um, the clip that stuck out to me right now is the Gary Payton moment, you know, on the iPad. And like, it was, <laughs> that was as honest Jordan. You, you want to go ahead and play that one? I'll, I'll roll it, man. Cause this is, I think all of our viewers know about this and this is, this was funny. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that. But we'll check it out here. 
banging and banging. It took a toll on Mike. It took a toll. And then <laughs> resting him a little bit. And then the, the, the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. I don't know if the outcome would have been different, but it, it, it was a difference. <laughs> and, and beat me down a little bit. The glove. <laughs> I had no problem with the glove. I had no problem with Gary Payton. Amen. <laughs> right. Right. So go ahead. Go ahead and run with that, Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. You know, like you this is the way he laughed. Like that's that serious laugh that people give you in. Nah, you wasn't nothing to me, you know? Right. And that's just how I took it, man. What what, what would you think when you saw that one? Yeah, you know, Jordan's response to and, and he's had a couple different responses throughout these uh episodes that are just like awesome man you know because it's like like you were saying it's like he knows right and i think the rest of the world knows too like gary payton wasn't doing nothing with mike man come on now um but like if if anybody knows gary payton kind of who he is like he ain't backing down from from nothing even to this day he's gonna talk about how you know he was there and he could have you know whatever um nah but it's funny uh you know jordan definitely uh so, yeah, I mean, my personal opinion is definitely Gary Payne can't do nothing with Mike. And even if Mike did think that somebody could, like, do something with him, it could, uh, you know, guard him a little bit or whatever, like, he wouldn't get let anybody know that, you know. He talks about that all the time. And you, you think back to a couple – I'm thinking back to a couple clips when they're playing the Pistons and, and uh, you know, some other teams maybe. And – I think it was a piston specifically and somebody's like hanging their head at one point in the game and he like straightens them up and it's like, don't let them see you weep, you know, something, something along those lines. So he like, he prayed on that, man. Like he wasn't going to show nobody ever at any time, even to this day that that he's weak in, in any capacity. Yeah. And I think that just goes back to his, his uh, competitive edge that he just has for everything he does. Yeah. But one uh, back to the, speaking on Gary Payton, one thing that um I did see interesting stat though, when he was guarded by Gary Payton, he did shoot, I think it was 36 or 38% from the field, yeah. which was one of his lower percentages. But, I mean, right. he obviously, it wasn't a problem. They they got they got the the ring. And then, yeah. two, uh, just another thing I didn't realize, you know, I would, that, this is way before my time when he was playing Gary Payton. Yeah. But that Sonics team won, like, 64 games. Yeah, it's a big number, man. Right, like that's 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 pretty yeah. solid. So they were good, but that just shows you too just how much better the Bulls team was. Like that was their best season. And yeah, you know, you know, they spoke on how like big of an underdog the Sonics were going into that that series, man. It's like I can't believe like George Carl didn't win GP checking him from the beginning. You know, right? That's like right. that's really surprising, interesting strategy. I think they said that. He wanted him to score, you know, so I didn't want him to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I know, like I said, Gary's before my time, but I never hear nobody talk about Gary Payton as a scorer. Right. You know, but maybe that was a part of his game. Yeah. But, um, you know who I've really enjoyed on the documentary? Uh, listen to him speak about some of the teams and kind of best about Jordan in, in general uh, is Steve Kerr, man. I always enjoy his uh, insight and kind of the way he t- uh, speaks on stuff. No, nah, for sure. I definitely think he he reminds me of a guy I would like to play with, you know, yeah. this team. And then uh, he was talking the last night in the documentary about how he challenged Jordan and gained his respect. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just yeah. feel like Steve Kerr is the type of guy that I would like to just be around and play with and um, 
I mean, yeah. he's part of the winning his team as a player, winning his team as a coach. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a smart yeah. kid, man. He's solidified. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about: what do you, what do you think about Jordan? Is this was early on in the series about him kind of speaking on his teammates and what they did in the hotel room? You remember what I'm talking about when he was talking about? Oh yeah, the girls, the coke, the drinkers. Right. Uh, well, from what I understand, and just hearing a couple different stories and reading about stuff, and probably documentaries and stuff, like that's just kind of the way the league got down during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember watching a documentary on, uh, uh, I think it was a 30 for 30 and it was about the ABA and they were definitely getting down like that. Um, yeah. so yeah, no, it's, 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 it's interesting to think about how far sports have came and like how we understand now as athletes of like how you really can't be doing that to yourself, you know, right. or cut longevity off your career and it's going to affect your performance. And they, I think they probably knew that to a certain degree then, but now there's so much information out about it that it's like, you know, people aren't doing that. They're more, they're more focused on their brand and, and, and building themselves and, and, you know, making money, I guess. Yeah. No, I definitely took the same perspective. Like, and guys still having their fun, I'm sure. Like I remember we both read that, them stories, that one book, the hoop whisper about, we talked about J.R. Smith a little bit. Yep. So guys still having their fun, but I was definitely caught off guard to know like the whole team was in there. And then it kind of caught me off guard too that Jordan would speak on it. You know, I think with any type of small circle or especially like your basketball circle, it's just some stuff we don't talk about in certain environments. Like, right. you know, coach coach knows that we had our fun in college, but we're not about to go sit in his office and, you know, tell him what guys were doing. At sure. least some of us aren't. Sure. But, um, it's just, it's just, that was interesting to me. But, you know, I guess when you having a documentary, documentary on ESPN, it's a little different for you. But I was I was shocked to see uh, Jordan speak on some private life. Right. Um, what other part stuck out to you, man? What else stuck out to me? Hmm. Oh, I know one thing you definitely enjoy is the, that I think you enjoy was hearing about them open runs. I know you're a big pickup guy. Oh yeah, the open runs were cool, uh, yeah. and you know, this dude Mike Jordan's crazy man. So he's 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 for the listeners. I think all the listeners know, but he's out in L.A. right filming Space Jam. Mm-hmm. They build a they build him a little do- dome to hoop in and to work out in. He's got his little weight room in there, and he's he's inviting people out. And I would love to know what those phone conversations sound like because you know Jordan's calling up these dudes and like you know basically like. Um, I'm sure he's on them like consistently to get out there and who knows what he's saying, probably talking a bunch of trash and whatnot, uh, trying to get out there and play. But the whole thing was geared and they touched on the documentary a little bit. Like his focus was like, this is, this is really for him. It's saying about just getting together with some buddies and like playing, like he was trying to, you know, mold himself back into an NBA player because this is right after they lost to the magic Mm -hmm. and got eliminated from the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, Jordan wasn't rocking like that. So he was inviting all the best players in the league to come out there and play him so he could kind of adapt back into uh, his form, you know? So uh, that's just like another another level of this guy's competitiveness and, you know, the the uh, limits he's willing to go to, 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 you know, reach that. Yeah, yeah. And then, too, he was talking about scouting guys and, Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's just it's just interesting to see like the like you said the approach he took 
yeah. even with something that's pickup. And I mean, we all take pickup serious, but you yeah. know, he really, I feel like, take it to another level. And like yeah. you said, speaking to his competitiveness. Um, the last thing too, uh, well, another thing that talk stuck out to me, which I think we all are a fan of Jordan's shoes, but just like seeing him wear them in the documentary and like hooping them and. I just it just seems like man he was just so swag. Yeah, what was you got you got a favorite shoe that you seen in the documentary that that just like was like glowing when you when you saw it? like dang definitely um the Concords he he wore them I think in yeah. the year that they that he won the first in the first round of the three in a row. Yeah, they caught they caught my eye as well. They caught my eye as well, and yeah. uh, the ones were tough too. For sure. Oh yeah, that was legendary. And then when he put him back on and his feet was bleeding. You think his feet were really bleeding? I was talking to somebody about this the other day. That's what I was wondering. I think he might have been a little dramatic with that. You know, like, because he's talking about blood in the shoes. I don't know. He might have had some blisters. (laughs) Yeah. A little little more blood with each year. Stories stories starting to get uh, get carried away a little bit. Yeah, I, I was questioning that a little bit. I'm sure his feet were hurting, though. Yeah, yeah. But uh oh, the thing I want to ask you about. So I'm what about four, four or five years younger than you. Yeah. So for me, like I, I don't remember Jordan at all. Like I can barely remember him playing in for the Wizards, you know? Yeah. Do you remember watching Jordan at all or Yeah, I mean honestly like, honestly, man, my first so like I like Jordan like before I even like really knew what basketball was just because it was like cool to like have a Michael Jordan jersey and you know root for the Bulls so I my first basketball memories are watching the Bulls play the Jazz like I I have a specific memory like I don't remember anything about the game I remember Mm -hmm. having my Jordan jersey on being in my grandparents basement and uh watching the NBA finals Mm. um and then, you know, he, as he gets a little bit older and plays for the Wizards, like I can like remember like watching him play and move and, and kind of work that mid post game. Um, that's like strictly what he was doing back then. Right. Uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, I have I have, you know, some memories, um, but, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine like just watching Jordan as like somebody who's kind of in their peak at like 15 yeah trying to be a hooper and you know too i couldn't imagine being a knicks fan i feel like this documentary is just picking on the knicks too kind of like they getting beat by jordan every time he plays them i I guess everybody something's crazy something crazy is happening and the knicks are not gonna win exactly (laughs) you know it's like nothing they could do like especially patrick ewan like for how great he was yeah he just couldn't get past the bulls right yeah, they had some really good teams though, man. They they were really close. Um, I think the only person that I've seen really beat Jordan is that security guard in that coin flipping contest. Did you see oh, that? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh my god, bro! That was one of the highlights of the documentary. Like hilarious. Yeah, man, that guy. Yeah, that was that was great. That hilarious. Was good. Definitely good. a good moment. You know what though, man? I did so I didn't grow up on on jordan really but like the people that were like just a little bit older than me you know like Mm -hmm. four years older than me Mm -hmm. guys that i would run around with and hoop with uh like he was he was the guy you know so even as i was coming up like it was like you know even though i didn't see him play 
everybody that's a little bit older than me really grew up in it and like you know everybody everybody wanted to be michael jordan um so like it was felt it was felt big time man like you see you would see jordan jerseys all over the place and right yeah uh so we might as well just jump over to the lebron uh lebron jordan thing to kind of close this thing out um yeah i mean it's all over any form of social media it's all over sports center and it's everywhere man you know it's it's so tough to compare eras man you really can't i presented this question today on my twitter and i wanted to know if if you have a game seven matchup right it's winner go home do you want mike or do you want lebron because for me that's a really good way of like to strip away you know all all the numbers, all the you know that stuff definitely needs to be talked about and considered when you're considering uh, who the all time greatest player is. But I want to get right down to it, man. Who's who's gonna win this game? Who you like your chances of winning this game for you better? Is it is it Mike or is it Bron? I'm going with the goat, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I think that's a easy answer. Just. I mean, the one knock to LeBron, I feel like that everybody has is, yeah, he made it to the finals a lot, but he loses a lot. And yeah. he, I don't know if I've seen LeBron hit the big shot. Yeah. You know? I've seen, we have seen LeBron, uh, LeBron continuously make the right play. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Which is to be respected for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going Mike, man, just from the simple fact of like, and like I would just never bet against this dude, you know. Never. Like I would right. never. Like I just. Yeah, I think I just, you're like, crazy he's too. He's just gonna get it done, man. I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, he's proven it time and time again. Like yeah. ISO situation, he not even hitting the. I think in today's game, we see a lot of guys do the pull up three. Like yeah. my man breaking you down, yeah. then doing a double move crossover. Yeah. Get into the elbow. Into his spots, man. He's gonna elevate and he's gonna make it or miss it. One exactly. of the two. Yeah. A lot of times he makes it. Yeah. I saw this. I saw this quote from Mike. He said he told. I think it's Jamal Crawford. I believe he said, "Man, you gotta you gotta incorporate the mid range in your game more. It's the toughest shot to guard in basketball." Mm-hmm. So you know, there's tons of stuff out there with the data analytics about you know people shooting long twos or or just the mid range in general. Um, and you kind of have your mid-range, you know, uh, fans, and then the people that are that are against it. Um, where where are you stand with that? Are you a mid-range fan? Yeah, I am. I I mean, like, I like you know, speaking from a coach's standpoint of like, I want to shoot more threes than mid-range jumpers. But like, I ain't gonna tell I ain't gonna tell players not to shoot mid-range, you know, right. um, because I think there's time and place for it. And um, man, I felt like. As a player, I was a pretty good mid-range shooter, and I could make that shot. You know what I mean? So, like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to tell a player not to not to shoot it, if even especially if they're like capable of making it. Right, right. I think. I mean, we talk about like all work is good work. Like, the more tools you have in your in your uh, bag as a player, definitely the better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it similar makes, to you, it makes head. sense. Oh, sorry, man. I mean, cut you off. No, you got it. No, it it, it makes sense though. What Jordan said. You know, I was thinking about him saying that's the hardest shot to guard in basketball. Um, you think about closing out for a three, right, which is difficult to do. 
right? So you can test that. And then somebody's driving it hard, man. It's like, I think it takes a really good defender to kind of stay attached and take away that mid-range. Because you can, you can stop on a dime and get that shot off. You know, I, I just, I never really thought about it like that. But like to hear Jordan say that just kind of got me thinking. Yeah, no, and I'm just thinking too, as you spoke about it, just like I'm thinking about like myself guarding somebody. Like if I close out on a three, I'm like a lengthier guy. I feel like I got time to get to the rim and meet you again. Right. But if you stop on a dime again and you just pull up over top of me, you know, just just to your point, I definitely think yeah. uh, in that aspect, you know, it's tough to stop on a dime and raise up twice, especially after a closeout. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we got the consensus that, man, Jordan's the GOAT. Uh, I got Mike, man. I like LeBron a lot, though. Yeah. I might take Kevin Durant before I take LeBron in a game seven, but that's another conversation. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Future pod, maybe. That's yeah. bold. I like KD a lot, though. I like um, KD a lot. But, yeah, man, Jordan's like the GOAT. I, can't, I like KD more than Brian. We'll stop with that, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm we'll definitely – I'm on that, too. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm interested to see this finale. It's I'm I'm yeah. I'm kind of sad it's going to end. Like, yeah, no, I was thinking about that today, man. It's a bummer. I rewatched it early this morning too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You typically on Sundays, I catch all the reruns. They're trying to yeah. like watch them in order. Yeah, but hey, but, man, we got we got two more left. I'm excited to see the way they close this thing out. Oh, and also May 15th coming coming around the corner in the water. I'm looking forward to that one too. Oh, yup, yup. So right after we done with Jordan, we get to hear about some PG County basketball, which is mm-hmm. gonna be great. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, man. This was this was good. I'm glad we back in the groove with the pod. Uh. Yeah, it was good to get back on, man. Hey, I heard Waldorf has an exclusive shout out in the in the in the water. Seriously. Yeah. Some of them. Uh, some of them. Uh, uh, oh, oh, North Point teams. <laughs> yeah, I heard they're talking about some of the North Pole teams. We'll see though. I don't know if it's gonna make the cut. Yeah, right. <laughs> be hating on us. You were hype. Look at you. <laughs> I was like, really? If they finally give us the respect we deserve, I won't be surprised. <laughs> nah, but um, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of that's all we can do right now. Really is watch a lot of basketball. Yeah. But, um, we're getting so. closer though, man. We're getting closer to getting back in that gym. Yep. Yep. We are. We are. Uh, any final thoughts for the listeners? Uh, nah, man, this is cool. I was happy to get back on here. All right, man. Um, yeah, same. It's, it's great. Jordan's the GOAT. Uh, looking forward to these final couple episodes. Yes, sir. Well, all right, ooh, man. Um, until next time. Until next time. Listeners, also make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at Naeem Muhammad underscore four. Send us some questions, send me a DM, and just tell me what you want to hear us talk about. Brent, want to give them yours? Yeah, mine is Ozzy Hoops, O Z Z I E H O O P S. That's on Twitter. Um, yeah, help us uh, think about some topics of conversation. Um, got nothing but time right now. All right, man. All right.